Welcome to the Grip Strip Podcast, episode 48. The Michael McDowell won the Daytona 500, and Phil is still not happy about it. Edition of the Grip Strip Podcast will also discuss uh, Gumby winning the Xfinity race and uh, Ben Rhodes winning the truck race. Uh, that was a good finish. Uh, Corey Roper there was really close to winning that and we were talking about it here on the gsp if you heard the last episode we were live casting that um we'll talk about the all the races at daytona last week we'll talk about the road course uh debacle that'll take place this week with all three series sponsored by o'reilly auto parts and their different brands and uh formula one's already started uh, car reveals mclaren with their car revealed, uh, jumped out there first with their new driver lineup of Daniel Ricardo and Lando Norris, numbers three and four in Formula One. And we will uh, go over whatever else is uh, going on. Uh, Red Bull announced that they're going to be taking over uh, Honda's engine program as they go into an engine freeze in 2022. So what that means in regards to Red Bull's viability uh, long-term, and is there going to be another OEM that comes into Formula One, or where will we see OEMs coming into uh, in regards to other motorsports? Uh, my name is Philip Matthew. I'm here with my co-host, Joshua Fine. What's good, man? Yeah, I'm doing great, Phil. Um, still trying to digest the Daytona 500 and, you know, when NASCAR and Fox go out and promote uh, that 2021 is going to be the best season ever, is it really the best season ever when Michael McDowell wins and when he wins it in which the way that it happened on Sunday night? Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to promote a guy that's that never finished better than 25th place in points and um, is going to make the playoffs uh, because he... Oh, yeah, because he demolished a third of the field um, the same way as that bald spot inbred Austin Dillon did try to do a couple years, two, three years ago with um, Eric Almirola and what Chris Bell did. And we'll we're going to get in all of that. Let's but we might as well, since I'm already we we're already talking about it just now. And it, it just it still irritates me. We talked about it on Talking in Circles. I'm still angry about it. It's probably because. Brad got wrecked uh, for the for the win. Um, everyone wants to blame Logano for blocking. In the end, Logano was moving there, but because of where, because Michael McDowell ran ramrodded him, no lube, turned him right into Pizza Face. Pizza Face went one way, Brad went the other way. His whole his car became his Ford Mustang became a Ford Pinto. Then then Kyle Busch got demolished again at Daytona. Um, I mean, it's just far completely farcical. It's a totally farcical call, um, as Al Michaels would say. Uh, it's indicative of something that would tell you that you don't have to have any talent or ability to do. Uh, that's what that race was, and that's what you know. Some of the moves that took place were when that went down there um just waiting on the results here and we'll do a little uh we'll do uh 
this right here. I'm going to go and bring it up this way for us so we can both look at this so we can somehow or another um, figure out how this worked out. So 63rd running of the Daytona 500 delayed by rain after 20, basically around 20 laps, 15, 20 laps after Christopher Bell went and uh, hooked Eric Almirola and wrecked 16 cars. And then they had rain for like a hundred hours. The race got back going. It basically was a single file processional shit show. Um, and then we ended up with what we have right now, which is Michael McDowell is the Daytona 500 champion. He's in the playoffs, Front Row Motorsports, biggest win in the history of their organization. Uh, William Clyde Elliott II finished second in the Daytona 500. I'm surprised that NASCAR waited. The uh, Why didn't they go and wait for the next line and just give Chase Elliott the win? Wouldn't have that made more sense? Like, I mean, yeah. I guess, yeah, we could, we could get into that too, but um, I guess, Josh, you were able to stay up through the whole ordeal. Um, I've already kind of gone off a little bit here, so I'm going to let you go and let us know your thoughts on what took place on Sunday, uh, which is inexplicable. Uh, uh, one of the, it'll probably go down as one of the five worst drivers ever won this race. Uh has won this race and there's guys that have never won the Daytona 5 or never will they win the Daytona 5 but effing Michael every it's in the ones MW 55 people may say crap about Ernie, Ernie Irvin had 15 wins he won at all different types of racetracks he almost got killed came back drove with one eye and was better than most of the field so F the 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 any type of slander on Ernie Irvin I'll I'll defend him to the core um, but MW 55 he sucked yeah, Trevor men, men and in driving. And then you have Trevor Bain, who's another wannabe Jesus freak. Of course, he has, you know, Lyme disease and all other kind of crap. And then I think he might be driving SRX the way that they made the emojis and stuff earlier. Um, but Trevor Bain uh, won in 2011. He's a good kid. And it, I think the story for the Wood Brothers, where they were, it's a lot more palatable. Um than this, uh, which took place on Sunday or early Monday morning. But uh, what were your, what are your thoughts on just the whole entire deal on Sunday? Yeah, I mean the the finish, I mean how it ended, and how restrictor plate racing or super speedway racing in general, and really how NASCAR's culture is from you know the competition standpoint and the driver's standpoint. You know, it's all. It's all abhorrent to me and it repulses me to my core. Uh, it's just completely trash. That's what I had to say about it. You know, like I feel like you know, a decade ago, the Daytona 500, while there may have been wreck filled races, uh, there may have been controversial finishes. You know, we had 2007, you know, we had uh, uh, what, 2010, and even even, you know, 2014, I mean, those were races where crashes happened coming to the finish line, although it did not involve the lead pack. It was in, in the, the, you know, the background, the, you know, whoever wrecked, but, um, you know, at least in those races, uh, you know, the, it was, at least there was still some kind of history element to the race where it felt like it was the Daytona 500. And I feel like now it's progressed to a point where we're all just watching a circus and, 
uh, it just, I don't know. It feels like the way that the driving has gone in the last couple of years since, you know, 2017, like it, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it's actually the Daytona 500 and we're watching just like, you know, some shit show yeah. uh, before our eyes. But uh, I mean, the, the fact that, you know, they didn't wait or that they didn't wait until the last lap to start making moves. Uh, you know, it, it, we haven't learned anything from yeah. the very beginning of 2013 when Jimmy Johnson won the Daytona 500 for a second time and they waited until the backstretch of the last lap to make a move. And that was, I mean, Kurt or um, Brad Keselowski, I mean, he was about to um, make moves before that lap. I mean, he got up to second coming to the white flag. Um, but, you know, you have to be side by side uh, before the last lap. Um, or at least um, by the time you get to the backstretch to really um, have a chance at winning the race, I feel like, uh, or you have to accept that um, a block or, or accept if you're the leader and you're trying to block, you have to accept that you're going to get passed and figure out how to side draft uh, back to lead, which that did happen on Thursday with Eric yeah. Almarola and Joey Logano. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then it goes into the blocking thing. Like I'm, you know, the, uh, should NASCAR penalize blocking or not? And then that will get into subjective calls and everything, or should they enforce like some kind of avoidable contact thing on the super speedways? Like we see in, uh, open wheel racing in mm -hmm. IndyCar. Um, if we should get into that, but then, then we get into arguments of, you know, whether politics comes into play, subjective rulings, like we saw with bump drafting and all of that, uh, yeah. from, um, the Xfinity and the truck series, but, uh, I mean, Joey didn't really make that much of a move. It, yeah. it wasn't really like that much, maybe just like he was beginning to block. And then Brad just had a lot of momentum from Michael McDowell. And, you know, he, I think he knew that you had to be side by side in turn three and four mm -hmm. to ensure that he was going to make a, a run at the finish and, you know, possibly win the race. And I think he, it was just all combination of him just suddenly dive diving to the left Logano starting to make a block. And then, um, McDowell McDonald's just right continue, there. continue to pushing him. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he's, he's not letting off one. He can't see. And two, you know, they're both trying to go for it. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just really a combination of all of that, uh, that led to that wreck, but, um, it's just a, a product of, I mean, I can't really like, fault any of them really because it, it wasn't like it wasn't like 2018 where you know dylan austin dylan just went and dumped uh eric Almarola. it was just kind of like all like incidental contact that led to um that accident happening but at the same time like um they have to really rethink the product on super speedways uh and the type of racing that we expect to see because uh the fact that they all waited to the last moment to um, try to pass, um, they couldn't do anything leading up to that because there was a lack of cars. Uh -huh. um, and the fact that you need a, a lot of uh, people in a draft uh, to have momentum to pass, uh, it, it just leads to um, these kind of things and it shouldn't be like that. And, you know, you talked about like what kind of changes we sh should make or whatever before we went on air here. And I mean, in my opinion, they should, instead of, well, they should remove the yellow line rule and you know what, let's just go full 750 on the super speedways. Like let's do it. Um, Cause there's no way that um, pack racing 
is going to uh, change unless they do something uh, radical. And I think they ought to just, what they ought to do is just take off the plates or whatever they use to restrict them because it isn't technically plates anymore and let them go full bore. Uh, if a car flies up in the air, uh, that's fine. We'll, we'll just uh, extend the height of the walls like 20 feet up in the air and then we can raise the grandstands up so that you know people's vision on the first row is imp um, impeded by the wall. And, um, you know, then that will just ensure that cars never fly up into the grandstands anymore because they'll, they won't go high enough to get into the grandstands. So let's just do that. Um, and then the other point of saying that is it would, uh, in introduce an element of risk that hasn't been in the sport, because I imagine, um, going up in the air is not really a good feeling at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that kind of leads to kind of the racing that we have is they, they all kind of know that uh there isn't any more risk really uh to to this i mean yeah ryan newman got hurt last year but uh you know there we haven't had a driver death in 20 years and you know dale Earnhardt's 20th anniversary is tomorrow yeah. and this this whole you know thing like they um that's kind of what enables them to be aggressive is the kind of the removal of risk with the design of the Gen 6 car, the soft walls, safety barriers. Um, and that's kind of why there's been a trend since all of that stuff got implemented. There's been a trend of more accidents, more aggressive moves on the racetrack. And, you know, maybe if we put back an element of risk into it, such as risking uh, becoming airborne, which I guess is still possible, but it's definitely more possible at 240 miles an hour. Um, you know, maybe they'll actually respect each other. And I mean, you know, they asked Tony Stewart about racing being too safe and yeah, I'd argue it is too safe. And then I'd also argue that he was correct when he talked about, uh, David Gilliland back in 2007, when he, they got into each other at Michigan or wherever it was in practice. And, you know, people berated him for, you know, Tony being Tony, but I mean, he was right all along. There is a lack of respect. Uh, amongst the drivers these days um it just hasn't happened or just hasn't occurred to us now um because now we've got all these new drivers coming into the sport um now that all the old guys from the mid 2000s are beginning to uh, drop off and retire um so it just all leads into this um what we saw on, on sunday is just the combination of just uh bad uh rules formula just a lack of respect for the drivers and uh, or amongst the drivers and then just you know that the whole culture of the sport in general just um, was what leads all into this and just make, should make it um, ashamed really to, um, you know, to be proud of that or anything is just, it's just terrible. Yeah. I mean, a lot of great points there, man. Uh, it's a lot of the same feelings I have in regards to what's going on. You watching this sport. I mean, I'm thinking about this. I've been watching this for, uh, 30 years, you know, 29 years full time. And there was a respect and a dignity that took place. Yes. Restrictor plate racing, super speedway racing has always been chintzy, you know, basically a band-aid. This was a band-aid, whatever, going all the way back to 88 when Bobby Allison blew a tire 87 when Bobby Allison blew his left rear tire running over a piece of debris and went up in the catch fence uh, at Talladega. They were running unrestricted cars. Every car was going over 200 miles an hour. They were able to have separation, but he took off. And in however many, whatever, in the last 35 years or whatever it is since, 
cars still take off. Cars took off in that Chris Bell incident on lap 15. Frickin' William Byron was was about to flip over on the on the flat. Um, you know, Brad Keselowski's car became a freaking Ford Pinto. And I think at least one car had a chance or two cars had a chance of going airborne um, in that wreck. Uh, you had a wreck that was caused because you had destroyed race cars um, and the, and NASCAR didn't want to throw a caution. And Quinn Huff went and cut a tire and, and Chase Briscoe was collateral damage. No, so I think he- it's the other way around. He already had Briscoe had the flat tire, and then Quinn Huff got caught up into it. I thought it was the other one, which who cares? I they, yeah. At the end of the day, they both were wrecked, and I think I, I thought it was the way it worked out was that it was Quinn Huff, but whatever, whoever, whatever it is, both of those guys, I think they neither both of them were functional race cars. I mean, for whatever Quinn Huff is, he had a functional race car, and so did Chase Briscoe. And because they allowed like the 24 car to drive around there with like loose panels and it was crap was falling off his car and they didn't throw a debris yellow. That's, I mean, come on. It's to me, we're getting into, it's not just the lack of respect amongst the drivers. It's not just the stupid rules package that exists. It's not just the fact that nobody has any ability to come up with tactics outside of, Denny Hamlin, uh, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, and I guess Blaney. Uh, I, I mean, and Bald Spot, uh, Bald Spot Dylan, uh, for better or worse. I mean, I, like I'm trying to think of people who are tactically sound at this type of racing. Al Marola's good at it, but he never had a chance. Yeah. I mean, you're literally talking about in terms of a. 40 car field you're only talking about 11 percent of the field theoretically has or thereabouts has the ability theoretically to do this so then yeah. you just have a bunch of people out there that are holding their junk and they're just put, putting foot to the floor and and it's they're hoping they're it's a hope and a prayer that's that's what this is i mean when you when you yard sale fifty percent of the cars on the regular, which is what this package has become, you're just waiting for wrecks. That's all this is. Some asshole does something stupid, like Chris Bell did because he got a hail mary run from Kyle Busch, and I I got Kyle Busch, and I made the joke in the talking in circles chat. I'm like, I get Kyle Busch's strategy to finally win his Daytona 500, wreck everybody else so that he's the only one left. And I was joking around about it, and in the end, he got wrecked anyway. He wasn't even immediately right there, but he got demolished. You know, like it's it it's whatever. Michael McDowell drove through Brad Keselowski. And and you can and people want to say Joey threw a block. Joey Logano is one of the most aggressive drivers, period. People hate him. People are going to hate him no matter what he does. If he stood there in the, on the outside line and let Brad go and pass him and he gets hooked and put in the fence, he just said they did something wrong there, too. It, it, there's no way that Joey Logano could have done anything right, whether he did something right or wrong or, or, or if he did right or wrong. Anyway, people just hate the effing guy. But he did what he had to do because he knew what was coming. And he was starting to, as you said, he was starting to offer inside. And the point is, once Brad Brad was on the outside getting to 
getting ready and and McDowell's moving over and he got on the ass end that right rear corner which is the hook end where the minute that you get into him it's it's, it's just like it's an effing uh what the heck is that um the 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 whatever the one where you go and send like there's this uh website where you go and send like prank things to people that you hate or whatever and like you open the package and it blows up and it's like shit like that's basically what that is <laughs> that's basically what this rules package is yeah you, get, you you yard sale cars and vehicles and i don't they're not gonna they're too stupid for all the engineering people they have in this effing sport it's almost it's basically formula one at this point with the amount of engineers and how engineered out these stupid pieces of crap are. They don't know how to keep the cars on the ground. They haven't been able to figure out how to keep cars on the ground since 1987. They haven't figured out how to get rid of uh, or out of limiting horsepower. They're trying to run with more horsepower at a, at a super speedway. Say, so, oh my God, it'd be 240 miles an hour. Newsflash, Indy cars run 240 miles an hour and are basically an upside down airplane. And they don't take off unless you have garbage, you have garbage nonsense, like the worst case scenario, like they had at Las Vegas in 2011 with a bunch of 34 toilets that they weren't ever going to use again. And, you know, we lost Dan Weldon outside of that. And then they'll say, oh, Pocono, Pocono, they go 215 average and it's a very flat racetrack and you had freak incidents in which saw the death of Justin Wilson and and the the serious injuries to Robert Wickens. But the reality is that in IndyCar racing, you consider the survival cell, you consider their safety team is the best safety team that exists. You know, even it didn't matter with those cases, but even then they were able to do the kind of things they needed to do to take care of the other drivers and make sure that the those drivers stayed alive and all. There's just different, but there's also another thing. There's respect. People aren't trying to drive through anybody because the reality is if you drive through somebody or try to, you're going to take off and you're going out to outer space. And yeah, exactly. And that's and, what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean by that. Like if, you know, like if you try something and put the, put a, a wheel wrong, like something will happen yeah. and that's, that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying, well, let's just get rid of the plates because yeah. then it would just put it up to the forefront to the highest level. And like, well, if you make a wrong move, you're going to go 20 feet up in the air and flip over like 50 times. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, that's they, they make a point. I, I would like those idiots at uh, and the Daytona Beach Mafia to show the video of Jeff Bodine, uh, Jeff, Jeffrey Bodine. I mean, it's a joke on Twitter, but whatever. Jeff Bodine's wreck in 2000. That was the first unrestricted race at Daytona or Talladega since 1987. He didn't do anything wrong, but you had two idiots in Rob Morgan and Lyndon Amick who didn't know what they were doing. And Jeff Bodine almost ate it. You, I would show that wreck. I would show Kyle Larson going and ending up in the fricking front first few rows of the grants his engine being in the first few rows 
uh, a, tire. A, a tire and and the motor and all the stuff in the Xfinity race, the one year, I think it was the year 2013. Yeah, it was. I don't know if that was a busher year. I the busher year was 12, and then 13 was um, Tony won that race or something. But then yeah. behind him, yeah. So there's that. And then I'd show bald spot Dylan's car going up in the catch fence and, and him basically coming to a complete stop. And then I'd show Newman and I'd yeah. say that this is just start, just do this, just do those four videos and say, do you want to, do you want to end up in the hospital? Do you want to put yourself in at risk? Do you want to f- risk fans lives because you people are too dumb to take care of one another? Like, it's the same thing as the way that, you know, with some of the things I do, like, I, like I, there's so many things that irritated me about this race on this day, the, the Daytona 500. I love the Daytona 500. It's the biggest, it's supposed to be the biggest race in NASCAR. It's supposed to be the most important race. It has the most prestige or one of the most prestigious races. Of course, you got Southern 500, 600, all that. These people drive like assholes. I mean, if you, if it's like driving here. It's like driving. I don't know what the roads are in Florida. I'm sure it's like driving in Florida with some of the people you have to drive around with, or it's like with me having to drive on the freaking garden state parkway. I mean, that's literally what this is. You're basically playing bumper cars or you're, you're playing Russian roulette with a bunch of retards, excuse the word, but that's what it is. <laughs> Cause these guys lose all capability of thinking or functionality or just it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I hope the Gen Seven car because of how expensive is going to be. It's probably going to be a processional race, and people are going to be livid. And I'm going to be like, well, you have a spec car. They only have like five of them. You can't go and destroy it. That's why they're not going to bring back the the the, the clash on the oval because they know these idiots can't great race on this racetrack without running over each other that's basically what they've came to they're going to basically make a v8 supercar light whatever the hell it's going to be and they're going to run it on road courses because they know these idiots cannot run on ovals um super speedways without running over each other um that's why michael mcdowell won i mean he's a professional at it his whole entire career is now three things and or four things in nascar um trying to eat it at texas in the double zero car in 2008 getting his ass kicked by daniel suarez at phoenix in the pits for blocking uh winning one xfinity race i think for rcr at road america as a yeah road america with joe gibbs or joe gibbs one of them i don't know who cares one of them and then uh I thought it was RCR. That was a two car, maybe the 18 car. I know, I know he shit the bed in the 18 car the one time at mid Ohio or, or, or road America, but one of them. And then this, and um, you know, all the, all the MRO families, Eric Almarola, Ty Dillon, I forget who else was down there. Blake cook all gave him this great, great return. And, um, he goes up there with MW55 and Derek Cope, who ran into Bubba Wallace three laps into the race and cut it, knocked his whole right side off of it and was dropping debris all over the place. Like he dropped a load in his depends and had no business being in the race. Uh, you sent home cars that were actually good. I mean, you had cars in this race that had no business being in a freaking uh, 50 lap feature at, at 
at the Daytona short track uh, on the side of it. They wouldn't have been allowed to run in that. They couldn't have made it on that on merit. And they're running the Daytona 500. It's a fucking joke. This race has become. Um, I mean, they called the yellow there. They, they, they waited to call the yellow and they called the yellow when Michael McDowell is ahead instead of Chase Elliott. I'm like, knowing NASCAR and their consistently inconsistent ways, why wouldn't you just said, oh, that one was the one that he crossed? No, Chase Elliott won the Daytona 500. So then they could have yet that, uh, that, that to the controversy. But then, oh, Chase Elliott won, no oh, big deal, you know, to go and add for the PR uh, sake of it. That would have probably made more sense honestly but of course it shows nascar doesn't think um because when you have this consistently inconsistent methodology um you know why wouldn't you put over the most popular driver who had nothing to do with the race for most of the day i mean how many races did this he he led three laps chase elliott and then you had mcdowell led i think half a lap yeah he led he technically yeah. led the last lap. Yeah. Although yeah. I will, I will argue on the the caution, the timing of the caution coming out. I think. Well, they said at least what well, Pockris said was that if they see like uh, flames or something like that, then they throw the caution to make sure that the safety crews uh, are able to come out on time. Um, I don't know. Uh, whatever. Uh, it doesn't really. I mean, I guess good for the safety crews to get out on time so they can stop racing. But I mean, honestly, we would have expected. And for a moment there, I mean, I I thought they were going to do what they usually do. The last lap is just hold the yeah. yellow until after they cross the line. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's yeah, like like I told you on the other night on Monday, and like to be honest, like this type of finish, uh, you know, this type of racing, how how it ended could have easily happened at any of the other races that are on the schedule, any of the other 36 races. And it's highly, well, it's very possible and, and very probable. Um, and I think that's a problem for the sport. The fact that there is, is no respect from the drivers. Um, the, the package is terrible. The, the, you know, the rules formula, you have a point system that kind of c- encourages anyways, with the whole winning your end deal. I mean, people forget that. Like I, I forgot until they, they said, Oh yeah, they're in, he's in the playoffs. It's like, well, shoot, now he's in the playoffs and he's going to have a spot over somebody that's more deserving than uh, Michael McDowell to be in the playoffs. Somebody's going to have a better season than Michael McDowell that should be in the, the cup playoffs this year. And yet they're not going to make it in because Michael McDowell has already has a ticket into the playoffs because he won the Daytona 500 on a fluke. Uh, that That's another thing to add to that. Um, it's all of that. I mean, it's the media for tiptoeing around certain topics and they ought to ought to be asking the drivers if this is the type of racing that they would have. Um, and they can't, cause if they ask certain questions, then NASCAR is going to take away their hard cards for uh, making them look bad. I mean, yeah. now I'll sound like the conspiracist boomers that probably hate Bob Wallace, but whatever. Um, I mean, it's true. I mean, I've heard of it in the past. I mean, you know about it too, Phil, yeah. but they'll take away the hard card. If you ask the, the right, well, the, the, questions are too too good to that for them to ask if you ask they'll take it away um and then you know the incompetent leadership of nascar just continuing to fall over itself and and uh uh you know make bad decisions and then we may as well just start talking about the next point is that nascar is beholden to to the tv networks they they have been for a long time uh the the reason why i say that is because well it rained on sunday like it does 
uh, a lot of times in Florida in the afternoon, they could have had the race running at 1230 or one o'clock and already have it finished or mostly done. And, uh, you know, because the TV networks think that they'll get better ratings if it uh, finishes in the evening um, for whatever reason. And because the West Coast audience will have a chance to tune in. Um, You know, I, I don't buy that. I mean, there was never a problem when the races were at uh, one o'clock or 12 o'clock and yeah. we had had them run at, at that time. And it's a lot easier to tune in knowing that NASCAR is at uh, one, you know, one o'clock or whatever, rather than two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock or seven o'clock or eight o'clock when it's at night. So um, they've been, you know, beholden to the TV networks because uh, the TV tells them what times the race should be on. They tell them what tracks they should race on because they um, it's been leaked that, from like Bob Levine or whoever that basically the TV networks are forcing NASCAR to put, put on the uh, Bristol dirt race. Um, and when the teams didn't really want that, and then they, they're like, well, it's either this or whatever. And so we're basically going to just make you guys do the Bristol dirt race. I mean, it's just all of that. And, um, and they have to, because the TV networks are giving them billions of dollars to make up for the fact there's not enough revenue. The sport doesn't generate enough revenue as it once did. It's not as valuable as it was five and even 10 years ago. And that was what we thought the low was. And, you know, it's not as valuable as what it was 15 to 20 years ago. So, um, you know, noon starts, I mean, come on, it should be obvious by now. Maybe they'll figure it out next year. I don't know. We'll see. Now they'll they'll start the race at four o'clock and it'll be raining. You know, they had orange aid last year and they started the race. I was there. Yeah, and it was three forty-five, and then I think you ran ten laps and it was rain. And then this year we got twenty laps and there was rain. Yeah. And then, I mean, the only thing that they had going for them this year is that they got the window in the evening. Uh, yep. late late night versus having to run it Monday afternoon. And then in their infinite wisdom, they insisted on starting it at three o'clock or four, three or four on Monday. Yeah. Which, which I mean, for fuck's sake, who cares? Um, yeah. I mean, CBS did that. CBS ran the, the Daytona 500 on TV for 21 years and they started it at one o'clock for 21 years there was never a complaint about it um and everyone found it the indianapolis 500 forever started at um 11 they started the pre-race at 11 on tv and it started a little after 12 o'clock and that's basically been the case for 80 60 50 however effing many years it's been on tv and that's the biggest race in 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 america um the Daytona 500 can go back to one o'clock. Nobody's going to be hurt by a one o'clock start. I think the West Coast people would love a 10 a.m. start. You know why? Because if they go and if this race actually gets through, they get to hang out the rest of the day. They get to party, do whatever the hell they want. They get to go and have the rest of their day to do whatever. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. For, for East Coast people like both of us, you get to go and have your hang out with your friends, go and do your thing. And then after that, whether it's go and have dinner, whether it's go and have an after party, whatever you want to do, it works. And you get to go to sleep at a normal time. It's a day theoretically. I mean, next year, once the Super Bowl gets moved back, 
now because it's going to be because of the 17 game schedule. Um, NASCAR has been bent, bending over to the NFL forever, um, acting like they're in a competition with them, which they're not. Um, I think there, there might be a better idea for the Daytona 500 as a run it, um, you know, in the middle of the week or oh, something no. or some, some craziness do a Friday night 500 or something that would get away from the NFL and Please stop talking. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, Hey, I, they, they, I'm not saying that it's out of the realm of possibility. It's NASCAR. What do you expect? I'm not look, believe me. I don't want them to do that on the middle of the week, but they tried it and they we were like, Oh, the Wednesday races were kind of like, Ugh. well, yeah, of course the Wednesday races didn't work because it's not effing baseball. It's not hockey, basketball, whatever. Um, it's not even football. Football can be on every effing day. People are going to watch football. Um, I love motorsports. You can have motorsports every freaking day. I'll watch it. But the reality is they're not, I'm not who they're looking for. You know, we're not who they're looking for. They're looking for LCD fan. They're looking for people that wouldn't listen to this show um, to go and tune in. Nobody, nobody wants to give a fuck. No, that's the same thing as running the clash on Wednesday, Tuesday night. Nobody gave a fuck. Qualifying on Wednesday night, nobody gave a fuck. The duels are the duels that's been that way forever. But moving it to the nighttime is a waste of time. Nobody gives a Yeah, crap. exactly. The, the truck race has been a night race for years. That whatever. Um, now you're moving the Xfinity race back. I don't agree with that. You, because they put the stupid Arca race, which is also a waste of time. They they should run the Arca. Like they could do us all a favor. And instead of having a demo derby for the Arca thing, you know, they, they had that all-star race back a few years ago with the modifieds and the K&N cars yeah, and whatever. Yeah, the battle at the beach. Battle at the beach that was in that huge paved area right there across from Lake Lloyd. Just make an ARCA. Just do the ARCA 200 there. Just let them go and do that. And they can go and have halftime break and do that. You want to have a truck race? I mean, instead of demoing half the field, do that. Go and have mods. Go and have KNN. You could go and make a bet, like, and you could make it a real deal. You can make it a real ticket. You know, have bands, have things, have real action. Condense the effing thing into four days, and and or or five days. Start everything on Wednesday, and the deal ends on Sunday. You don't, have, and then you don't even have to worry about all the bullshit that's going on. You don't have to make it a week. You don't have to deal with COVID. like COVID time. But I mean, the reality is in certain aspects or certain segments of of our uh, country, they don't it doesn't exist and it's a farce. So um, though Vegas, of course, they're going to have to have limited fans. Um, California, of course, they got canceled for the cup and um, World of Outlaws even is canceling West Coast trips. And it's a World of Outlaws where um their American hero, Kyle Larson, finished 10th, um, and he was a non-factor the whole entire weekend, which is uh, typical um, and is probably going to be the trend, his uh, trend here. But put him in a effing sprint car. He's the greatest race car driver of all time. Yeah, he is. Sure. That's why he, That's why 
Chip Ganassi who invested in him went and sent him out the door as quick as he sent some of the IndyCar drivers he's had in his in his lifetime. Yeah, well, he was forced to do that. Yeah, but, well, that's yeah. yeah, but. Well, yeah, I mean, you talk about like these starts. I mean, I went to the race last year and well, I mean, actually what happened was we, you know, did the pre-race stuff. I, you know, had fun beforehand and then yeah. um, was paying the butt to get in because TSA was there. I mean, oh, it's yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that was expected for any president really it doesn't matter who it was going to be. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, all the, all the lead up, you know, I mean, the president saying gentlemen, certain engines, um, which I'll admit was actually pretty good. Uh, and then um, the pace laps and everything. And it's like, all right, this is going to start. And then they're about to wave the green flag and it starts raining. We wait an hour and then they do 20 laps and then it starts raining again. We wait until Monday. I take off work an hour early and miss like 50 laps and having it streamed on my phone as I'm driving up I-95 and I see the race, uh, for the last, uh, hundred laps or whatever, and then, or 80 laps or whatever, and then, uh, see Ryan Newman almost lose his life. So yeah. that's how that goes. Yeah. You know? It's like you were there, um, uh, Clayton and Spencer were there. I mean, Spencer lives like, whatever 20 minutes away from the track and Clayton oh, this is last year right yeah no yeah and I was talking about last year they were there yeah. last year too um so it was the same thing and Clayton has made it for however many years went down there uh uh so and then I was watching that and then to go and think of it like I can't think about being there I was there like I was there when Justin Wilson passed away um covering the race at, at Pocono and it was surreal and there was just there was like a uh the way the the crowd was the way the the sound there was like no sound like you're just walking yeah through that's exactly how it was silence. like you thought Ryan Newman was dead and yeah. we thought everybody anybody of anybody who had worth their salt that has a pulse and has human feelings there are segments of the population who don't thought he was dead. I mean, I think everybody, no matter what they are, I mean, it's is, pretty surreal. And so yeah. the fact that, you know, that happened and Fox and, and NBC and all these people use and NASCAR use it as fodder um, marketing material. Um, I, I give credit to Tom Rinaldi, the former ESPN guy now, Fox Sports guy, a great hire by them. They're not known for hiring um, quality people in general within all their aspects of uh, all areas, but Tom Rinaldi's a total class guy. And he got Ryan Newman, they did the the story and he got old no neck to cry. And the reality is Ryan Newman, I mean, his mom, his dad and all, you know, for what he's, he literally, I mean, you think about the story of that, like it kind of goes into, and like, we've kind of gone off and it's fine. I don't care because this race, the way it is, the way things are gone, like that should have been, Ryan Newman is a guy, I'm not a fan of him uh, as a driver really. Yeah. And not, he's not basically either. been irrelevant for years. But his push for safety, his the things that he's gone through in a race car and then cup series, especially at Daytona and Talladega, 
um, and especially going and getting nailed in the fricking door in the in the right in the window by Corey LaJoy at 150 miles an hour and somehow still being alive. That had that should have been the beginning of a new a new era in safety evaluation the same way as we needed to lose Dale Earnhardt while they ignored the fact that Adam Petty, Kenny Irwin and Jr. and Tony Roper all died of the same kind of injury uh, the year before. Um, and basically it, en- it ended Kyle Petty and Patty Petty's marriage. It You can think of all the stuff that happened with Kenny Irwin and the, the families of Kenny Irwin Jr. and Tony Roper. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think that this stuff continues. This same package is package we had last year at this time for the Daytona 500 and destroyed all this field. And we almost lost Ryan Newman. And they're like, oh, it's been 20 years since we lost the driver. And they talked about him when we did the three thing. And that was emotional. Um, that might have been the only moment where I really was happy. You know, it was cool. Um, it brought me back to the past. It brought me back to where uh, a different time of the life and where racing was a little more real. Um, it's not real in the sense that it's in the sense of losing Dale Earnhardt. It's still brutal um, to think about. And they had Dale Jr. on Ryan McGee did great work um, covering that and uh, for for both E60 and on their site and probably for pay, who knows. Uh, but he did a really good job with that. And um, it in in I think what happened on Sunday, those two wrecks, and even the the wreck with uh, Briscoe and Huff, um, to me basically spits in the face of everything that they are saying they're supposed to be about in regards to safety. I'm not some pussy that says, oh, you can't run it. Like, here's the reality. If you want to have skid plate racing, you want to have demo derby, you want to have figure eight racing and destroy stuff. It's the same thing. Tony Stewart, you want to go and they yeah, he's just, been right. Yeah. Yeah. He's been correct. People hate, People hate Tony Stewart. You can go fuck yourself if you hate Tony Stewart. You say, oh, he killed Kevin Ward. No, Kevin Ward is high, and Kevin Ward is a piece of shit. And Stewart Friesen's also a piece of shit. He wins a lot of races, but he's also a piece of shit. And he's a cocksucker, and he takes sloppy seconds. But anyway, the fact of the matter is, in, in this case, Tony Stewart said we need to just go and turn this thing into a figure eight, or we need to send half the field going one way and the other half going the other way. That's what this is. It's what you said earlier, a circus sideshow. That's all Daytona and Talladega is. I, I, I mean, that was my line. Like, I don't even want to watch this weekend. I'm so irritated. I'm so fed up. I might go. <laughs> I mean, hey, you could go and tell me what happened. Because I, cause I'm, I'm probably not going to watch. I don't know when the hell the truck race is. I mean, we'll talk about the truck race. I'm not, I'm going to be practice. I'm going to be bowling practice probably during the Xfinity. 
and then day uh, the Daytona Cup race, I'll probably go to the VFW and drink because I because I'll need to because I can't deal with this crap anymore. It's ridiculous. It's it's a it's against my it's against my better judgment and my health to watch this crap. The only reason I have to watch this crap is because we have a show, um, and I have probably have a guest for next week, which is a NASCAR related um, reporter. So then we'll just do that. But all right. After all of that, and that was probably one of the more spirited, uh, ranty, raving, old school deals there. Um, happy you were able to get in on it, Josh. Um, that's Angry Josh is actually, I think ratings say that Angry Josh is actually um, better for ratings. So we might have to go and bring that out of you. I mean, uh, I'm not even angry right now. I'm just, I'm being completely rational right now. So, <laughs> so that, so completely. All right. So now we have to redefine it. So completely rational Josh, um, <laughs> but it's only with super speedway racing at least. And, and the five fifty rules package, it brings uh, out the worst in us. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and we're going to have to go and work. We're going to have to keep on doing that. Cause we're at 48 right now and getting close to 50 and all these other numbers. We're going to keep doing this uh, for the long haul, but in terms of something that's going to be around for the long haul, Michael McDowell is going to get to celebrate with the likes of Mario Andretti and AJ Foyt and uh, Bobby Allison and Mr. The King. And uh, I'm trying to think who else is alive. That's still, uh, I mean, all the great guys that are still alive, old June bug and Jimmy and Jeff and, uh, or Sterling Marlin, God, I mean, God bless him. He's got to dealing with stuff, but he's still around. Ernie Irvin and those guys that all have won this race. And old Durwood, another wannabe Jesus freak. I'm sure he's proud of that move. Uh, get to celebrate that he's a fucking Daytona 500 champion. What the hell? Unbelievable. Yep, he's a freaking nice guy. Wins the Daytona 500. Yep. He's one of the worst drivers ever to win this race. It's like Eddie Cheever winning the Indy 500. It's like freaking, it's, I mean, I, you can't, like, I, you people want to slander Buddy Lazier. He drove a regular Indy car, not one of those toilets, and he had a broken back. So he did what Nigel Mansell should have done in 93, but USAC screwed him. Um, so and and Buddy Lazier's wife is smoking hot and still is. So I mean, God bless him. Even though he was basically running start and parks like Rick Ware Racing by the the last few years, um, and he did the quiz. My favorite part of like this is like a pseudo rant because Michael McDowell did run IndyCar back in the he ran cart. Yeah, former right, yeah, yeah, former cart racer Michael McDowell, Daytona 500 winner. Yeah, yep. with with Rocket Sports, he's one of the many people that got <laughs> railed by Paul Genalozzi, like uh, Captain America. See, I got I was able to get my Lee Diffie reference in there. Um, Ryan Hunter Ray uh, got railed by. Uh, by uh, Paul Genalozzi driving uh, an Indy car for, for rocket sports. Uh, there's, Oh God, I just lost my train of thought there. Cause I got to do my leader free reference, but yeah, there are all these Daytona 500 guys and he's uh, fucking hell. It's unbelievable. Michael McDowell, Clyde, 
bald spot, Harv, and the best car, honestly, uh, was Denny Hamlin. He led the most laps. Uh, strength in numbers is probably part of and parcel for why he didn't win this race. Uh, the fact they made Bubba the sacrificial lamb in uh, in in the inspection probably didn't help their cause because uh, he had a really fast race car. And then all of a sudden they ran like one or two laps on Saturday morning and MF couldn't get through inspection, which was convenient for the maggots. And his car just yeah. wasn't as good on Sunday as it had been Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, and you could tell it just wasn't the same for Bob. And of course he was pressing, they, they fin he got stage points in both stages, but wasn't the same for him. Kyle Busch uh, wasn't really a factor and ended up getting destroyed. Um, you know, uh, but Hamlin had the best car, probably should have won his third straight Daytona 500, but he didn't have the help. Ryan Priest, open car, uh, ran well on Sunday, early Monday morning, Ross Chastain getting a top 10 finish in his debut for Chip Ganassi Racing, Jamie McMurray getting a top 10 along with teammate Corey LaJoy. So Spire all of a sudden, I mean, I think that's mainly because of all the cars that were destroyed. Larson and Cold Custard were the 11 cars on the lead lap. Of course, Logano, Keselowski, Bush, Sindrick. Um, Chris Bellow is actually taken out in that wreck, I guess, um, after he destroyed a third of the field. And then uh, Bubba Wallace is also taken out in that deal. Oh, Richard, Chase Briscoe, and I refuse to say those two guys because they're a waste. Um, Kurt Busch had some sort of West Coast Madeira Speedway looking vehicle uh, and finished 22nd and what might be his final Daytona 500. There are rumors and things and videos and posts referencing that. So that car might be on deck. Wonder who's going to get that one. Uh, if that's the case, uh, blow job McLeod in the debut. Of nice haircut. <laughs> that, oh, he's, he's literally a wrestler. I swear he should be, and he should be on um, whatever AEW. I uh, yeah, I think I think he should double up between AEW and racing this. I mean, he's off this week. They hired Scott Heckard to drive the seventy-eight. Um, he should go and do a run-in at AEW and like clothesline Chris Jericho for fun or something. Like just just make it an angle. The same way as like our truth goes and drops the 24 seven title to random people. And then he goes and does stuff like there's like, he dropped the 24 seven title to Peter Rosenberg, who does local um, radio here, sports talk radio for ESPN in New York. And he went and snuck up on him after whatever it was, I think it was Royal Rumble or whatever the fuck it was. And then went and like did a live hit on him while he was doing the show and supposedly beat the crap out of him and took the belt back again. Like that's the kind of gimmick we need um, because NASCAR is basically wrestling anyway and they would do business because they're basically like Vince McMahon and his bullshit. Um, 
Yeah, but anyways. After that, uh, Truex, yeah, he didn't have a great day. Byron Reddick. Um, Reddick was able to go to Cheddar's. Uh, Chase Briscoe was able to use Panda Express and not shit his pants. So credit to that. Um, Ross Chastain bought McDonald's for his whole crew. Uh, that probably got more um, movement than the actual race did on TV. So we'll uh, move on from that. Wow. That was a clusterfuck of a race. And it's embarrassing to think that, you know, it's the biggest race of the year. Um, and we are determining it based on uh, whatever the hell we want to call that, whatever that was. Um, Bald Spot is the points leader somehow. Uh, then Jen Danny Hamlin won both stages and uh, second. Uh, Chase or Harvick, Clyde, McDowell, Priest. Now, of course, in the Cup Series, 16 drivers make the playoffs. There's only 40 starters. Um, so highly likely that Michael McDowell is going to make this playoff unless there's a level of parity that hasn't been around in nearly two decades. Uh, I don't know if that really exists. Um, I think it's going to be more status quo as we go into the next, at least this weekend and Homestead might kind of be a, a, a randomizer there. But um, other than that, I, I kind of have a hard time believing that we're going to have like random winners, the kind of random winners that we need to have to have 16 different winners in the cup series here in 2021. Uh, we'll go to the Xfinity deal here. Gumby gets the victory in, uh, and Brett Moffitt somehow or another will start the uh, start on pole in the road course race. Um, John Hunter is going to drive the Sam Hunt racing for Sam Hunt racing the Xfinity program, the 26 car. So that'll be nice. Um, beef. Uh, there are some nice Tomahawk steaks that old Gumby got to uh, give to his team for that victory there. And it, and, it, and honestly, Josh, it, to me, to go and basically let Austin Cindric free roll for the whole entire regular season. Now that he got this win is deadly. Um, he's been on a heater for a few. It's, it started last summer when he got that oval went over and got through that oval win thing. And he kind of plateaued out for a little bit built himself up, had to go through some adversity in playoffs and showed up when it counted. He has taken this next step towards whatever his eventuality of being in a Penske cup car. Uh, but winning Daytona first win for Penske in the Xfinity series at Daytona um, in this race, right? I don't know if they won the other race, but I know it's the first time they won this particular 300, the biggest race of the year. Um, 
and now he's free rolling for the rest of the regular season and there's a shit ton of road courses so this could be a real problem uh for the rest of the field yeah for sure i mean he like he was pretty good at this uh race on saturday and you know he led like 26 laps 28 laps and it was definitely um i mean he definitely survived. I mean, the, there was a lot of big ones. Uh, Ty Dillon basically um, made a bad move and and turned down into uh, another car and then took out a bunch of guys. And Justin Algar got taken out. Um, but, you know, it was still uh, some guys that could have challenged him for the win there. And uh, uh, Harrison Burton, you know, he he had a run on the back stretch and it was actually kind of similar to the cup race. Uh, except, uh, Brett Moffat actually knew what he was doing and he didn't, uh, keep pushing, uh, uh, Harrison Burton there. I mean, he could have, I guess, and maybe he's seen the same thing, but I mean, he, uh, Burton kind of stalled out there, um, trying to make a, uh, a move to the inside of, uh, Cindric there going into turn three, but, uh, on the, on the last lap, but just didn't have enough uh, time to get there. And then, uh, Moffat ended up passing him back for second there. Uh, at the end, but um, now that Cindric has gotten his one win out of the way that he needs to be playoff eligible, now yeah, he definitely has the rest of the season to kind of work on uh, his team, and they'll they'll figure out stuff at at these tracks. And I mean, I expect him to kind of go on a tear. Uh, I mean, he has the opportunity now to just go ahead and just rack up as many points as he can uh, throughout the, uh, the season, get as many stage points stage points as he can. Uh, playoff points, whatever, um, and just stack all those up. And then once it comes down to playoff time, uh, you know, he'll have a pretty good cushion and, you know, just expect him to eventually probably be back at Phoenix at the end of the season to defend his title. So, um, yeah, I mean, for him, this is a, a, a good opportunity to just start winning uh, even more. So um, what a way to start the season for Austin Sindrick. Yep, and the uh, Verizon car uh, debuted, of course, made his cup debut. He had to back in, of course, into the race after um, Ty probably should have made the cup race, but uh, got pipped there by Ryan Priest, but he was able to get in, made a, did a good job there. The Penske cars that made it through the first incident all were up front in cup, and, of course, Sindrick ended up doing his thing here on Saturday. Moffitt, credit to him. Our motorsports, they got screwed with the 03. Now the 03, um, I don't know how it's going to work in regards to the field. I have, to, I, don't know, I have to look at the other tab there to go and see who's in the field or not. But Moffitt getting a second place finish. Uh, Harrison Burton, who's going to be a factor all year in that uh, 20 car, and his cousin Jeb in the 10. The, uh, the colleague cars tried to get together there late. They were in a position, uh, but yeah, it kind of ran out of time, really. Uh, the I don't know if Haley was Haley involved in the 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 Ty Dillon wreck or was he involved in one of the other ones? Because usually yeah. Haley Haley is up there every time i'm trying to think of if you yeah he was uh it was on lap 106 when yeah uh or when ty dillon yeah, he was involved turned himself in into the 18 yeah yeah so yeah that took out ty dillon uh uh ryan yeah ryan 
Yeah, Ryan Sieg, um, uh, yeah, Daniel Herbst, Hemrick. Hemrick, Lions. Lions ran into a Jet Burton, safety truck. Brandon <laughs> Brown. Yeah, yeah, that was something that we didn't see on camera. And yeah. then that was later pointed out on social media on Twitter. But, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that was a little interesting there. Fincham, Haley, Allgaier, Barry, um, who had was doing a good job. That's the national champion in, uh, in late models uh, for Junebug and one of his close friends and did a great job. Uh, unlike a lot of the cup drivers, um, Josh Berry, and with no experience on super speedways, uh, did nothing wrong. He was just a victim there. Um, you look at this. I mean, yeah, Ty Dillon caused that whole wreck, but he was still able to finish. And not only finish, he finished top 15 uh, with a destroyed race car um, going for points. So I don't know how that's going to work. I figure you'll call Sam Hunt and try to run some races for him or whatever. And in, in the cup or Xfinity series, uh, AJ Allmendinger top five finish going into this weekend's race. Uh, definitely a favorite along with Austin Sindrick, Brandon Brown, great deal for the small team, uh, top 10, Myatt Snyder for RCR, Brandon Godovic for Sam Hunt, as we mentioned, Daniel Hemrick finished ninth, and Jason White making a return, uh, former truck series driver, uh, former poker player, maybe still a poker player, I don't know. He started tailback for um, whatever, Reume, Josh Reume slash Ryan Sieg and uh, was able to get a top 10. Joe Graff Jr., Jersey guy, but he sucks, but somehow or another got a top 10. He's being funded by an NFL player. Um, referencing that, Ryan Vargas is going to be running an Alvin Kamara-related uh, uh, sponsorship car this weekend. So there's a little, there might be a wager going on within that between Ryan Vargas and Joe Graff to see who will suck less. Um my, I mean, Ryan Vargas sucks less. I mean, he doesn't really suck. It's who he drives for. Um, Jace, Joe, Joe Graff does suck. Um, he sucks so bad. He followed me and then he realized that I shit on him and then he unfollowed me, um, which whatever. I mean, the guy's literally driven through people and has no clue what the hell he's doing. He failed to qualify in RCR Xfinity equipment. Seriously, just like end yourself. Like how? Um, but anyway, um, yeah, that's that. They'll be running the road course race. Um, nobody cares. This the running the Daytona road course is just a fucking waste of time I, I mean run run some usa international i'm sure it's still functional go go run disney world i don't speedway. think uh those tracks exist so disney world speedway got demolished in favor of a parking lot a few years ago i'd rather uh, they run a yeah. parking lot than the yeah. daytona road course i i don't care yeah. like run run on the highway i mean the reality is from my cousin she talks about because they were going to school down there you could run on the highway to probably be you'd be able to compete yeah. um it'll be more interesting than um what we have what we're gonna end up having here yeah yeah i mean they could they could race on the 295 belt loop up uh hour and a half in jacksonville and that could probably be interesting 
I think they could run. They could run. What What is your your team stadium name now? Everbank Field. Everbank. It used to be Alltel. No, no, no. It's TIA Bank Field now. Okay. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. The, the cons or whoever owns it, they should just allow them to run on there and just run on the on the field and. <laughs> that might be better. It'd be like because they ran Soldier Field, you know, like go oh, do something. I mean, whatever. It's got to be better than whatever the fuck they're gonna be doing uh, on on this weekend. I, I don't know why they're doing it. It's a waste of time. Uh, Truck Series Next Era Energy Two Fifty at Daytona. That one was the one that kind of had a cool finish. Uh, Corey Roper all made the move that could have won this deal but horse tooth ben rhodes uh daddy's money cake eater that he is uh got bombardier learjet to sponsor him he gets sponsors um i've never seen i mean i say i've never seen i mean he's one of he's a guy that gets sponsors for virtually no results um he goes and wins jordan anderson who's now going to be rendered um a truck series driver this year because of the stupidity of nascar um not allowing people to qualify literally the only motorsport that exists that doesn't have qualifying or practice anymore um for whatever reason uh he finished second again two years in a row for jordan anderson in this race Corey roper finished third ryan truex fourth and carson hosevar fifth so two uh nice motorsports trucks finished in the top five sheldon creed uh finished sixth defending series champion in the ibew chevrolet john hunter nemechek in his kyle bush motorsports debut finished seventh uh cody roball chandler smith and drew dollar so all three of the kyle bush trucks finishing a top 10 there uh what do you take away josh in regards to this truck series ace ben Rhodes, uh theoretically locked in it's a i mean in xfinity and and uh trucks it's a lot tighter fields but when you look at what just based on trends and especially xfinity i don't think there's any chance that Cindric would miss um ben Rhodes is not known as the most consistent driver but you need to have 10 other winners in the regular season within which is the regular season is like 16 races or whatever the hell um, to have Ben Rhodes even be put into any type of peril uh, to possibly miss the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, Ben Rhodes, uh, I mean, he did what he had to do. Uh, I mean, he executed well uh, on the final lap there. Uh, he was able to take away the win um, for that, uh, from uh, Roper there. And I mean, it, at first, I mean, going into that lap, we thought Roper takes the lead into turn one and he could have had a chance to maybe block that move from, uh, you know, Ben Rhodes. But then um, I think he just got a little bit too out, too far out in front. And then he just couldn't anticipate uh, making the block to stop him from uh, that pass. And then he was able, as they were wrecking coming to the line, Ben Rhodes is able to get underneath him and make the pass there. But I mean, I feel like Ben Rhodes uh, as a whole, like the last season has gotten better and he's had some chances for wins uh, in the truck series. And he won last year. And I mean, he was, 
in the top five in the standings for most of the season. So, I mean, except for the first race, I mean, after that, they uh, finished fifth at Vegas last year and then um, went, um, never was lower than fourth or fifth in the standings. So, I mean, I, I don't think he really has anything to worry about. And he's in one of the better teams in the truck series with Thor Sport. So, I, I would uh, not be surprised if uh, he makes a pretty good playoff run and maybe ends up in the final four. I mean, I definitely think he'll be in the next to, or in the last round before the final four. So, um, you know, the final or the, the six round playoff uh, before that at Martinsville. So it's definitely possible uh, for him to um, get, get to that point. But I mean, you know, he has a, a win now and he doesn't have to worry about anything just like, Austin Cindric. So I feel like, you know, he could definitely have an opportunity to um, have a really good run in the playoffs. I mean, as the race for itself, I mean, yeah, it was basically the same like the Xfinity and Cup, but um, I, at least the finish was better than what we saw uh, in the other races. Yeah. And uh, Ben Rhodes now is free rolling and uh, the truck series, unlike. Xfinity, where there's definitely road course ringers of sorts that are going to be there. Truck series a little more wide open um, in regards to what we're going to see uh, this weekend um, in the Daytona road course, which will be Friday night, uh, 44 lap, 158 mile whatever, what are they calling this race? The brake best brake pads, 159. And that just flows right off the tongue. Um, I'll be a night race. Hopefully it'll be in the rain. That'd be good. I don't know what the weather conditions yeah. are there. We're going to get, nailed it's going to get, we're going to get yeah, nailed. So with it's snow. looking like some in our South. It's looking like we're going to have a pretty good amount of rain on Friday. So uh, yeah. So awesome. maybe, there's going to be yeah. some demolition. So maybe That'll it might good. rain up in Daytona, so we'll see. Hopefully, there will be some demolition. That's what we need. If we, if it, like I if if they think that demolition is cool at 200 miles an hour, we can do demolition on a road course. It's fine. Um, before we go into the roundup, uh, talking about Formula One and getting in a couple other series, I'll be starting next week. You'll um, go over starting lineups here. And we'll get back to uh, picks or thoughts to what we're going to see. Top 10, of course, we'll, we'll give you. I'm trying to see if anybody did not qualify. Okay, good. So uh, there you go. Uh, ben Rhodes, Ryan Truex, Josevar, John Hunter, Creed, Roper, Robaw, Chandler Smith, Matt Crafton, Spencer Boyd. Your top 10. The drivers, Bobby Roose Royce, whoever will be filling in for um, Jordan Anderson. Uh, Danny Bone, he's running full time. Christian Eckes is running the 98. Uh, I think you had Jason White. I think he ran last week. And uh, Parker Chase will be in the 51. He's a road racer. Uh, Kaz Grala will be in the 02. Instead of whoever the fuck's in the O2 last week, uh, David Gillen running again this weekend. Uh, Chase Purdy, yeah, he, he's a full time guy. 
uh, I'm trying to Timmy Hill be in uh, this race. Jet Noland will be running. Sam Mayer will be racing in the 75 truck. Uh, Jet Noland will be running 44 for Nice. Uh, Timmy Hill for his own team. Uh, Lawless Allen. That's such a great name. Lawless Allen. Um, but he's driving the Reum brothers, so that's not going to do anything. Just like Norm Benning is not going to do anything, Uncle Norm. Uh, Dawson Cram, former guest on the GSP, will be buried tailback, but he'll just be trying to get laps. Camden Murphy driving a Nemechek truck there in the uh it says page one for oh so they're showing you the metric total oh that's cute um oh nice yeah so there's the so they're doing what bob pockris has been doing for us um and they're like, oh, we want to actually show that we have people that can do that instead of the number one NASCAR reporter. Um, yeah, so they're showing us the metric now. So this is the so second page of these starting lineups will be Josh's page. And the first page will be the page that I'll go into, because if I start getting in all those numbers, my head will explode. Um, then uh yeah we'll we'll get into xfinity and cup here in a moment um we had formula one uh, uh car shakedown so far we've also had the reveal of the mclaren the new mclaren with their new uh, driver lineup of daniel ricardo and uh, lando norris and uh, what is it called williams uh, ran a shakedown at Silverstone with their FW43B. Um, now, in, th in terms of Formula One, uh, it's early on, but uh, I don't know if you saw the reveal of the McLaren, Josh, but um, I guess early thoughts on what you see at McLaren Mercedes this year with their new driver lineup of Ricardo and uh Lando Norris. Well, I mean, I like the car. I mean, it's a good from I guess the livery perspective. I mean, I can't really get into the like the the details of the car. I haven't really like studied that as much as I probably should. But I mean, I, I like the livery. I mean, it's the the papaya orange and blue uh, paint scheme or livery um, is uh, really nice. Uh, it's a good look for McLaren, and I think. You know, it'll, it'll look good when Daniel Ricardo in his number three uh, puts puts that car into good situations on on uh, Formula One races, and we see uh, him, you know, get podiums, and maybe maybe they can get a win. We'll see. Maybe this is the year McLaren finally gets a win, um, and you know, it's a good tandem with uh, him and Lando Norris. Lando's definitely one of the better young drivers in this series, and Ricardo's uh, definitely an experienced veteran. Um, who's you know very popular among the fans, um, among even among uh, non-racing fans, he's pretty or at least somewhat well known. So uh, you know, expect good things from that team, and definitely I think they'll be competitive. And I you know hopefully they are able to be competitive enough to at least get third place in constructors championship as a team, and then you know maybe we can see a, a good points finish in top five or something like that from either Ricardo or from Lando Norris. 
Yeah, I think they're competitive. I mean, my, you know, one of my uh, family members, close family members, he's a Formula One uh, guy, and we were having this discussion in regards to who's going to be in, in a factor here in 2021 outside of Mercedes, of course, and kind of Red Bull. I think Mercedes and Red Bull are in their own world, and then you have everybody else. McLaren is in line to possibly finish third in the Constructors' Championship if things kind of land the right way. With the Mercedes engine, they have the best engine on the grid, and you have a competitive driver lineup. It's not like they didn't have a competitive driver lineup with Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris. They had a great driver. That was a nice driver lineup. They had a great relationship. I think they're going to, these two guys have a great relationship as well. The Mercedes engine adds to a very solid platform with the uh, now MCL 35M, uh, which they had to go and change some things in regards to the packaging of the car. They've had to change things in regards to some of the aero here with the floor and um, bodywork. If you go on to motorsport.com, credit to uh, Matt Summerfield uh, in his breakdowns, pretty cool. Uh, you can go and kind of see some of the paint scheme and some of the arrow changes there. Um, they're based on the regs and also um, other things to go and make sure that the engine is able to do what it has to do. Um, they had Natalie Pinkham there to go and do an interview and stuff. It's on YouTube. Uh, she was looking great as always. Um, yeah, so, I mean, in regards to McLaren, they're, they're going to be a factor this year. I don't know about if they're going to be able – they they have a chance. It's probably the first time since Lewis left uh, that they're, they could win. Um so that was what 2012 was last time they won a race. I think 2013 first race of the year uh, was the last time they had a double podium was Australia with um, Jensen Button and Kevin Magnuson. Um, uh, congrats to Kevin Magnuson and his um, girlfriend on the birth of their baby. Uh, he posted that on social media. Uh, seems a lot happier here in America than he was in Formula One. Um, had a pretty good run at the Rolex 24 too. Um, yeah, you have that. I mean, you also have Williams. They got a run in there. You've, we've got all the reveals. I think a lot of these reveals are starting to be scheduled and we'll definitely get into that as they come along uh, here on the GSP as we get closer and we have people that want to come on and we could do some collaborations in regards to the um, Formula One World Championship along with other motorsports series um, here in uh, 2021 with the GSP, trying to go and get people on and to go and have the best show we can have for you. Um, yeah, we also will get into the uh, Formula E Championship a little bit next week because their first race of the new season will be taking place in Saudi 
they'll be doing a double header uh, next week and the V8 Supercars Championship will uh, start in Bathurst uh, in, in next week. So that'll be something. And a sprint race format to start the season. There's going to be, there's also news about changes to the circuit for uh, the Australian Grand Prix, which will be run in the fall this year for us here in America, which will be summer for them. They usually run their, they run their race, or I guess it's, I'm sure, yeah. it'll be at the start of summer for them instead of at the end of summer, the way it usually is, the way they kind of like to run in the Australian Open right now, a little later than they usually do. Um, other news, we had Joe, John Hunter be running partial Xfinity schedule. So he's kind of keeping himself busy. Uh, the line that more than likely he's going to be in a, I, I kind of feel like he's going to be uh, in a second 2311 car next year. I don't know why he would do what he did unless he was able to get that kind of guarantee. So the change here, layout of the change. Where is it? So basically the back end of the circuit will have like the last sector, sector three is going to have a little bit of change, a lot of changes there in terms of the um, runoffs and the format, like kind of configuration there, sector three will be changed um, a little tighter turn might allow for a passing zone there and then runoffs yeah, there. Yeah, sector one, not changed at all. Um, it's not a great circuit. It's not as good as Adelaide. Um, I'll always be an Adelaide mark. Um, Albert Park has always been kind of garbage. So there is that. We will get into more into Formula One because we have people, as I said earlier, that we will have oh, Stephen Jelly. Yeah, look at that. Um, we'll get into all that and anything else that's going on in uh, motorsports as the whole entire season of motorsports really opens up uh, here in the next few weeks. Um, let's get into NASCAR. We kind of went into the truck series uh, lineup and we'll start with that, Josh. Um, who do you look for as a uh, favorite for uh, Friday night's race at the Daytona road course in the second race of the uh, 2021 season? Well, I think for a pick, um, somebody that you have to look out for, I mean, look at the uh, race last year and how that turned out and Sheldon Creed ended up winning that race. So, I mean, I, I think immediately, I think you have to pick Sheldon Creed as the guy to look out for. Um, you know, he won the race last year and um, he's a pretty good guy. I mean, second coming of Robbie Gordon, like we've talked about before. So I think, you know, he's an easy choice to go for in this race. Uh, I mean, after that, it's get, it gets a little tough, but 
I mean, maybe, you know, somebody like uh, Raphael Lazard or uh, Austin Hill, Matt Crafton, um, those guys, you know, they all finished uh, top five in this race last year. So I would not be surprised if uh, they were able to uh, finish in the same area, relatively speaking, as they did last year. Um, I mean, I, I think it should be an interesting race. For, um, I mean, yeah, it's the road course and everything and cup cars on or trucks on the road course uh, with the, these drivers is uh, a disaster. But I mean, it should be entertaining to a certain degree. So I think, you know, Sheldon Green definitely likely uh, possibly a winner. And then, you know, challengers probably like Lassard, uh, Matt Craft and Austin Hill uh, drivers like that. Yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, I mean, Sheldon Creed would would have been my pick too, uh, not just because of uh, my my believing that he is just as you said, Josh. He's second coming of Robbie Gordon, and he's got a mullet and um, other things. Defending series champion, just an absolute wheel man. I'm gonna go with John Hunter. Uh, because the cup experience on a road course, there's just a different level you have to perform at on road courses in the cup series relative to Xfinity and the trucks. Uh, now that he's been in that realm and he had to run a few more road courses last year, John Hunter, of course, has one at Mossport. And of course he ran over the uh, Cole Custer to do it, but uh John Hunter can run road courses. He's in Kyle Busch Motorsports equipment. It's kind of a perfect storm uh, for him. And I think it'll be a an opportunity race to go and make things happen. I mean, you look at some of these people, you brought up Matt Crafton. He's kind of buried in points. The, what do you call Austin Hill? Another one. Brett Moffitt's running for points uh, and he's buried and he ran really well last year, of course, in the GMS uh, vehicle. And you look at some of these other people, Gilland, Kraus, um, Jordan Anderson declared for Xfinity points. I think he's going to declare, he's going to end up declaring for truck points because he's not going to be able to, um, run for Xfinity anyway. So, and these are all the people that's, that didn't make the field uh, last week uh, for the truck series and going through, yeah, so there's that. We'll go into the Xfinity side. Um, as I said earlier, um, Brett Moffitt in the zero two, not running for Xfinity points, but he'll be running both the trucks and Xfinity series uh, schedules based on how things seem to be. Um, yeah, swing on a lineup there. Yep. So we'll have Brett Moffitt, Austin Cindric, Jeb, the Burton. Cousins will be on the second row. Hemrick, A.J. Allmendinger, Brandon Brown, Myatt Snyder, Graf, Matt Mills in row five. You'll have the uh, weatherman who caused him and his stupid teammate uh, wrecked half the field there, or at least wrecked Chase Briscoe um, in the race uh, last summer. 
because they stayed on on old tires. The uh, Alvin Camara machine will be in 12th. So it's at least early in the race, those two cars, the 07 and 06 will be pretty close together. Jesse Little, Landing Castle, uh, Ty Gibbs making his Xfinity debut. Uh, another piece grand grandpa's money, uh, similar to Austin Dillon. And then you have Riley Herbst, who's daddy's money um, in row eight. So that's a nepotism row. Timmy Hill in the 66, which is a Ford. Uh, I thought they, they'd go and switch back to Toyotas uh, for the road course, but I guess we'll see. Clemens, Chris Wright in the Sam Hunt Toyota, Tammy Joe Martins, uh, 23, it says to be determined. Preston Partis will be driving for Mario Goslin's team. Andy Lally will be driving for Blowjob McLeod. Uh, row 13 will be Junior Motorsports of Algar and Gregson. Ryan Sieg uh, buried in his Ford and Jade Buford making his Xfinity um, full or his debut full season. Of course, he can run Daytona last week. The Oval. Haley Galding uh, got destroyed. Um, you know, Bailey Curry, Colby Howard, Annette liked Miguel Paluto. That'll be a cool one to see coming from tailback. Um, you know, Brockshot Jones and Alex LeBay. Those are going to be three guys that are going to be starting in the tail. Miguel Paluto driving for Junior Motorsports and a second brand. Uh, Chevy Alex LeBay who's a road course uh, veteran former cast car Canadian tire whatever pin D series I forget which sponsor it was when he won the championship uh, driver and he's run up front on road courses and Brockshot Jones uh, who got destroyed early in the race um, I mean I think Sindrick's the call right uh, hey, the, the better the better question is outside of Austin Sindrick um, or AJ Allmendinger. Who should we be looking for, Josh, in this Xfinity race, the second race of the year uh, on Saturday? Well, I mean, the easy choice is uh, Austin Sindrick there. I mean, he won last year and he's already on a roll this year. So, I mean, the easy choice is to pick him. But, I mean, you can't forget A.J. Allmendinger, uh, although he'll probably th figure out a way to throw the race away like he usually does once he gets up to the lead. He always ha gets gets too emotional and can't keep his composure and everything. So, you know, you know but he'll he'll still be up there and have a chance uh, to get, you know, lead laps and at least be there at the end. Uh, you can't count out Miguel Paluto, even though he's going to be coming back from 35th and Alex Lay also in the same road, uh, 36th place. But uh, they both are experienced road course racers. So, I mean, I expect them, you know, I don't know if they finished like in top five or whatever, maybe uh, Miguel Paluto being in a better equipment, but definitely they'll um, be up there like, you know, around top 10 at least uh, for both of them. Um, some of the regulars, I mean, maybe Justin Algar, uh, you know, he's uh, been pretty good in the road courses in the past. So I'd expect him uh, to be up there with a shot at getting a top five or maybe a win. Uh, Noah Gregson, too. I mean, he finished 
third in this race last year. And then also at the Charlotte Roval, uh, he was able to finish um, in second uh, at that race uh, last year. Uh, Daniel Hemrick also uh, has looked pretty good on the road courses uh, uh, in his time in the number eight car in Xfinity. Um, he, you know, he finished second at Charlotte or third at Charlotte last year in the, at the Roval. So maybe that type of uh, skill and ability is able to transfer and he's uh, able to finish top 10 or something like that um, in uh, the, this Xfinity race here on Saturday. But it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, it's going to be a battle between AJ Allmendinger and Austin Zindrick. And I fully expect Austin Zindrick to come out on the other side uh, with the victory in this race. Um, so that's, that's who I've got. I imagine you've probably got the same for the winner. Yeah. I want to, I would, I'd go with Gumby, but uh, if I, if, I mean, if it was just all talent, I'd go with Gumby, but um to be different, I'll go with Adderall Meninger. Um, but I do think elbows up, just as um, Ryan Blaney did in that video with uh, Bubba Walls when they were driving to California uh, to talk about the young gun. I think Daniel Hemrick would be uh, a wild card of sorts. He knows how to get around these road courses. He knows how to drive anywhere. Uh, the fact that he's never won in any of these three series, it's going to become a thing this year uh, because it's basically his year that he has to prove that he has it or else he's going to be driving his late model um, for the next 20 years, which is probably not a bad living because you probably make more money at some of these races than you do for running, winning an Xfinity race. But I think Daniel Hemrick's going to get, he talked about it to uh, uh, Dustin Albino or whatever the hell his name is, works for J-Ski. Um, yeah, he's going to win early and often or wants to win early and often. And there's opportunities between Homestead and Atlanta, Darlington. Those are racetracks that kind of suit uh, a Daniel Hemrick, but I also think these road courses kind of fall in his favor. And if he can get momentum early in the year, he's a consistency kind of guy. And if he can get wins, it could really be a problem uh, for Sindrick. Um, he's the kind of guy that would be difficult to beat uh, uh, across an entire season. Uh, we will finish off with the Cup Series race, whatever the hell the something 253 they're calling it that's well, uh, the o'reilly auto parts i think yeah, yeah. the o'reilly auto parts 253 um clyde will be on the pole uh, along with daytona 500 champion um michael mcdowell who is a road course a road course veteran so we could we could really get into some crazy shit um michael mcdowell could go from never winning a cup series race in 350 plus starts i remember interviewing him at pocono raceway back in 2013 when he was starting parking for um phil parsons and randy humphrey all oh, that they need to make that die cast that is sweet it's not as good as his ford performance racing school cars he had last year but they didn't make that car either 
uh, but they really, I've already, this is the um, next custom I'm probably going to end up having to have made uh, here, this Chase Briscoe for Performance Racing School uh, Mustang at Daytona this weekend. Um, but going to the uh, starting lineup just to, for reference here, on Sunday, three o'clock, they say it's going to start, but who knows, uh, probably three forty-five. Um, Elliot McDowell, Austin Dillon, Denny Hamlin, uh, Kevin Harvick, Ryan Priest, Corey LaJoy, Kyle Larson, Ross Chastain, Bubba Wallace, the top ten. Uh, Pizza Face, Chris Bell, Cold Custard, and uh, Dixie Vodka Ford, Kyle Busch, Interstate Batteries, Toyota. Brad Keselowski, Ricky O. Richard, um, Kurt Busch, Chase Briscoe, Truex, who had a great car in the Clash, and wrecked. Uh, he, the, all these Gibbs cars are definitely going to be a factor for sure. Um, Haley starts 20th. Uh, Byron, Reddick, um, Eric Almirola will be starting 26th. Blaney who had a chance to win the, the clash. Scott Heckard, as I said earlier, in the 78. Um, Busher finished top five in the race in the summer. And you have Alfredo, DiBurrito, Nonak. A.J. Allmendinger will be making his um, first Cup Series start in a long time in the 16. And you have... Suarez, Bowman, Eric Jones, Ty Dillon will be making a start in the 96. James Davison in the 15. Timmy Hill will get a start in the number 66. So I guess, Josh, for uh, one of the last things we do tonight, pick who do you look at to win this race? Is it Clyde or is it somebody else for you? Uh, here on Sunday. Yeah, I think Michael McDowell is going to win his second race in a row. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's possible. No, uh, I think um, Denny Hamlin actually could win this race. Um, I mean, it's easy to pick Chase Elliott, but I'm going to go against the green here and say that his winning streak on the road courses gets broken. Um, and Denny's been a pretty good road course racer. He also led 21 laps in the clash last Wednesday. So I, I definitely think it's possible that um, he's able, well, it was last Tuesday, is he able to actually go out and um, win this race? Um, and he's starting up and forth. So, you know, he's not going to have a, a lot of cars to pass to get up to Chase Elliott. And I think he could very well end up being the winner by the end of this race. But I mean, other guys you want to look out for, I mean, um, Truex uh, could possibly be a, a guy. I mean, he's been there at the road courses in the past, so not a surprise there. Almendinger, I mean, he, he'll be there too. Um, um, who else? I mean, uh, Austin Dillon, maybe, I don't know, maybe the road course experience from the clash in the 24 transfers over somehow, some way, no idea. I mean, Ryan Blaney could have a, a chance there at the end. I mean, he was there at the end with uh, – 
uh, the clash. So maybe he takes something from that, whatever he learned and is able to, uh, have a chance at the win or a good finish. So we'll see, but I think it's, you know, it's going to come down to chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin most likely. Um, and I'll, I'll take Hamlin just to say, uh, that he's the guy that breaks chase Elliott's streak right now in the series. Yeah. I'm, I took on talking in circles, uh, not sure if it's posted or not, but um, I took Kyle Busch because I had third pick because my the game that Clayton's running is like a pick to win and dark horse. And my pick to win was Eric Allen Rowland. My dark horse was Daniel Suarez. So I decided to take uh, to keep it Spanish um, Latino. Um, I like Latinas, but it's not the same way as you need to go and pick uh, NASCAR winners, I guess. But um, in regards to this, I picked Kyle Busch, um, not just because he won the clash, but he was good in the the race in, uh, in the summer. He also has the experience from the Rolex last year and the Lexus. Um, he's Kyle Busch. I figure he wants to kind of set the tone early with his new crew chief, Ben Bayshore, that he is here to go and win a third cup series championship. Um, I think the Gibbs cars in general are going to be very fast. Hendrick cars, not just Clyde are going to be up there. Um, the 48, the, um, 24 has their moments. Kyle Larson's never been known as a great road racer, but he's going to have a much better opportunity now because a 48 car last year was fast, which is basically what that car is, was um, the Jimmy Johnson was fast um, at times uh, on some of these road courses. And in general last year, he just wasn't able to close the deal um, in the races, unfortunately. Um, we will, um, finish this, uh, GSP E48 Jimmy Johnson edition, um, James Harvey Hilton edition of the GSP or even Dan Gurney because Dan Gurney are in the 48, um, with where we can go and, uh, find, you can find us and you can find both of us, uh, and the show. Uh, Josh, where can we find you and where can we find our the live streams on iRacing? Yeah, uh, as always, follow uh, Twitter at JP Huffline and then uh, follow Twitch, twitch.tv slash UCLR2. Um, go on there and see the iRacing live streams and past streams as well. We did do the iRacing Daytona 500. Uh, you know, they had several um, sessions that were open from Wednesday night until Sunday night. I did the one that was uh, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Um, and uh, ran that one, uh, finished in 11th, four laps down. It was basically like the real race, yeah. a lot of wrecks and everything. Uh, I mean, I missed the first wreck. I didn't get any contact at all. Um, but then the second wreck, I tried to avoid. I went up high. It was in turn one, turn two, tried to go up high and avoid the wreck. And I got ran into from behind. Uh, but that wasn't that wasn't the end of for us there. Uh, then we eventually fell a lap down because we lost the uh, draft was in a pack with slower cars trying to kind of stay away. And we ended up getting lapped. Um, 
And then I guess there the leaders in a lap car got involved and then I got, in, uh, I didn't really get into it. I just kind of like hit the back of another car. Um, so it didn't really take too much damage there. And then later on, um, there was another crash and I actually did avoid it. I stopped completely on the apron in turn three and I was able to avoid it. But then, uh, somehow, like, I guess I, I, I got a flat tire from that because then once I tried to, um, accelerate and, and get back up to speed, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't move. Like, I don't know what happened. And so I guess, uh, I had a flat tire there. And then, then as I was trying to get going, like, um, somebody hit me from behind, uh, that I guess didn't see the wreck or whatever. And then, um, I mean, we had already, uh, had a flat tire anyway, so it didn't matter. I mean, I had to call the iRacing tow truck and get towed back to the pits. So then I ended up losing two more laps there and then got in some more incidents. Um, not, none of them really my doing, by the way, just like incidental contact and everything. And then iRacing has this thing where if you accumulate enough incident points, uh, the first penalty is a drive-through penalty. And then if you accumulate like, so it's like 17 points, you have to accumulate for that. And then if you go over 25, you get DQ'd from the race. Uh, I mean, I, I got the pass through penalty and then a loss, another lap. Then, you know, I just hung around until the end and finished 11th. I mean, honestly, I wanted to give up after like uh, the fifth, the, I don't know, it was like the lap 114 when I had the flat tire, I was like, I was ready to go, but you know, I was like, you know, making hang around and get a good finish out of this. I mean, uh, why not put all the effort into it just to give up like that? So, you know, I ended up finishing 11th for, uh, four laps down. So, you know, there's that, I mean, you know, you talk about Chase Briscoe and, uh, Tyler Reddick and all those guys getting food and everything. I mean, I had, I had coffee and I had French toast like 15 minutes before the, um, event, and I was worried I might have to go to the bathroom during that, but I didn't. So uh, that was good. No. Coffee uh, yeah. and French toast isn't as as vo- yeah. as volatile as Panda Express or or McDonald's or Cheddar's or whatever. I think. Yeah, I mean, still, I mean, you know, like it, it can happen. I mean, yeah. especially like because I wasn't going to be able to get up for the next three hours and everything. Um, you know, had that with that opportunity, but. Um, it was a, it was a good race. Uh, I mean, well, it's not really a good race. We didn't really have a whole lot that we could do, but I mean, uh, learned a lot from it. I mean, I definitely need, uh, a spotter. I feel like whether that's, you know, you or somebody else probably got to do some networking or something, yeah. and, you know, hit someone up and ask them to be a spotter. Cause probably could have avoided some of those wrecks if I had a spotter, you know, tell me where to go and everything. So, you know, uh, we'll see about that. Um, definitely, uh, glad that I stuck around for that and got a, decent spot out of that and you know hopefully next year we can be competitive or you know whatever and and try to get something i mean it's not gonna be the last uh, special event we compete in or i compete in on iRacing this year and there'll be plenty more that i'll try you know indy 500 or whatever else that i'll try to compete in so uh you know this is just the first one so good experience and i was glad to do it yeah it'll be uh with the new new computer i have i could definitely be a spotter for sure not so sure about competing, but I could definitely be a spotter. Oh, so you got uh, a computer now? Yeah, new new desktop. So we'll see what we can do with that. Maybe be able to do the new be the sh- be able to do the show on that as well uh, with the GSP. You can find us at Grip Strip Pod on Twitter. You can find me at Philip G Matthew on Twitter. Um, I'll share the show and everything off of that. Um, you can find me on Facebook though. Really? I'm not there anymore. Um, 
and uh, philipgmatthew.com, which is a WordPress, which is where the show is at, and unfiltered the column um, where I need to kind of go back to writing for things like the Daytona 500 and how much I hated it and how much it bothered me um, for um, for the way things are and where things have been and uh, to those who are Dale Earnhardt fans and still mourn after all these years, 20 years, uh, tomorrow will be a hard day uh, for motorsports in general. It's a tough day. And, um, but we're here, we're still together. And for as bad as things are at times or things have been, um, racing is a family first and foremost and met so many great people I wouldn't know Josh if it weren't for this racing and I'm glad that we're friends and we get to do this together I'm grateful to him grateful to you man and um, grateful to all the people that are able to come on this GSP because we're going to keep on doing this it's a passion project and uh, talk about NASCAR talk about IndyCar Formula One everything that is motorsports People are copying us. That's how good we are. And we're only going to get better. And um, so take care of one another, social distance, wear a mask. Um, that, you know, we want to get back to going to the racetrack and really enjoying racing. And uh, that's, that's just get back to what quote unquote normal. So let's do that for each other so that that normal can come back again. We'll see you next week on the Grip Strip Podcast. We're going to have a special guest, uh, NASCAR-related, talk more about Formula One, Formula E, and uh, supercars debuting. Whole new uh, supercars uh, layout. A uh, lot of changes going on there. We'll talk about all that here on the Grip Strip Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. God bless. Good night.